Next year, I'm going to video myself, like, the week before, and just, you can watch a video, okay? Because you're going to all, you getting used to live screen and TV and all that, so just, so I don't have to work today. Ugh, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. It'll be fine. Full. For the record, I'm assuming everyone wants to know, have I kissed him? Yes, I'm over it. I've, uh, it's fine. I keep saying fine. Feelings I'm not expressing, but it's fine. <laughs> All right, I have a timer this morning because I am always getting on him for taking forever. And then come to find out, I actually talk a long time. So the last time I spoke, I was up here for 46.3 something minutes. And I'm like, so I, I got to reel it in, guys. But so I am, I promise you, I just, this is it. Look at, this is the, I feel like this is the worst. It's a sheet of paper with a bunch of scratch. I didn't bring my Bible up. I'm sorry. I have verses. They are real. But I just, I was like, I can't. It's just fine. So anyway, um, okay, I want to start with a few, like, I was going to do mom jokes, but then I was like, well, those are okay. But I really wanted to do, um, oh no, where'd it go? I wanted to do some like funny mom things, like sayings that you hear, like you 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 hear, especially as a mom. So I'll read a couple of these. Just they're just kind of funny. Um, down here. All right. I always say, if you aren't yelling at your kids, you're not spending enough time with them. No. It's okay to be honest. I do yell at them. <laughs> I try not to, but you know, I don't know. Some of you are so calm, and so I don't know how you do it, but. I will be so fine, and then all of a sudden, I'll just, like, and they're, and they, I think they need, they can, like, see it getting ready to happen. Like, I, I, one of them told me the other day that there's this, like, face that I make, and I'm like, tell me what this face looks like, <laughs> and so I think it's true, but anyway, keep going. Um, be nice to your children, for, for they will choose your rest home, right? We've all heard that one. Um, let's see. Oh, this is funny. There there are no rules in this house. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. No, we don't do that. Um, let's see. Sleep at this point is just a concept. Something I'm looking forward to investigating in the future. <laughs> um, you know how once you have kids, you never see... You, <laughs> you know, once you have kids, you never get to use the restroom by yourself again. At least one of them is always there with you at all times. I, I, that is honestly very true. And I even, like, at our old house, we had, like, the pocket doors, so it was, like, really difficult to get them to lock. And I always thought, why did we do this to ourselves? And there were two doors. So, like, even if you thought one was shut, they were coming in the other way. And then at our new house, we had these doors that don't line up. And so you have to, like, lift it and yank it, and that doesn't lock either. So there's just no way out. And, in fact, this new house that we're in, it's got a huge window right in the bathroom. So even if the doors were shut and no one was in there, I feel like the entire world can see everything. So I just, I'm like, I'm just used to it. We're not, well, there's no privacy. So, all right. Um, well, so I think that I was telling Aaron the challenging thing of speaking on Mother's Day. Um, well, that's a couple things. But for one, I always struggle because I want to make sure I don't just preach to moms, you know, because we have a whole dynamic, a whole array of people in different parts of life. We have men in here. Uh, so, you know, that's hard to figure out. And so we have all of these different things going on. On top of, it's our first Sunday where there's many of us back together, and there's just this weird dynamic going on in our nation. And so I'm like, wow, how in the world am I 
tying all this together because when I speak, I want to make sure that um, I'm not just, I don't know, I don't want to just speak to one specific person. I don't want it, I want to make sure that I'm intentional about who is listening. You know, like, so when you guys were watching from home, I'm like, okay, I have no clue who's listening. And so I'm trying to think, like, who possibly could be listening? And I'm just, I just want to make sure that everyone can walk away with something, right? And so that's what I'm going to try to do today is tie this whole thing together. And one of the things the Lord showed me that through this pandemic is that every single one of us have um, walked away maybe wanting to go deeper with the Lord, maybe with new revelation of the Lord. Maybe some of us have never experienced him, but because of our desperation, we've cried out to the Father, right? And so we're all at different walks with the Lord, and it's and because of what we've come through with the coronavirus and we're still trying to walk out of, we we are we are relating to the Lord in all different manners. And so this, so the, God showed me that as we have been praying for this to happen, as we've been praying for the dry bones to come to life, as we've been praying for a shaking, as we've been praying for the lost to come to the Father, we, as we've been praying for all these things, okay, now this is what we're praying for. This is what's happening. We're seeing it happen, right? Well, now what? So these people, including myself, I'm talking to myself here as well, need mothers and fathers to now continue walking the journey, Right? So we can't just expect that we just begin to pray and declare, dry bones come to life and come and have an encounter with God and now we're saved and we accepted Jesus and all this stuff. And then, cool, it's happening. Well, we have to think about what happens next. These people, including myself, we need mothered and fathered. So I'm going to lean into the mothering piece this morning. Of course, the fathering piece. We've talked a lot about that. but um, So let's lean into this. People are coming to know Jesus, and now they need to be mothered, just like a baby needs mothered, right? These are baby Christians, or we've had, we're now at a different level in our walk. I want to find someone who can mother me well, who's years ahead of me, who has wisdom in their Christian walk, all of these things. I need someone mothering me in that way. I need someone nurturing me through this. I need all these the wisdom, just like someone who's new in the Lord, needs mothered, needs parented, right? Okay, so that's where this ties in. But you might be wondering, what about the men? So men, I found this bomb verse. And I found it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so now we can tie it all together, right? So the verse is Isaiah 66, 13. And I'm, gonna, it's, I'm just going to take the first blurb of it in Isaiah. It's, it's a, it says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And these are the words of the Lord. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. What does that tell us? That tells us that the father carries a mothering heart. And just as the father carries a mothering heart, as fathers in this room, as men in this room, you all can carry that mothering heart as well. And the importance of carrying the mothering heart. How many of you know that, you know, our society and just different things have, have really kind of tried to make men be, you know, it's fine. I don't know why I'm saying it so much today, but, you know, it's fine. You're fine. Suck it up, blah, 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 right? Well, and then leave it to the mom to do all the nurturing and stuff. Well, no. God himself says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And through that mothering heart, a child receives differently from the father, right, than, than a child would receive from the mother. So in this, we get to understand now, all of the things I'm saying get to apply to all of us. 
Okay? So see, now we can all we can all understand like, oh, this is cool. I can receive from this. All right. So we'll talk a little bit more about the mothering heart of Father God because I do feel like really what that's portraying is the, the Holy Spirit. The, fa- the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is really the, the thing, the, the one that comes from the Father to comfort and guide and nurture. Um, okay, so I want to talk about, hmm, maybe I should show a picture to give you a visual of a mother heart of a father. So guys, I have a picture of Aaron um, holding two, two little girls do you guys have it? It's Aaron and a pool. Oh, it's kind of sideways. Okay, just turn your head and look at it sideways. <laughs> if you can do that, you will see. I, I saw this picture, and I was just like, this is, um, I think it's so funny. I'm sorry, it's sideways. I, I just saw this, and immediately I felt like I sensed the Father, the, f- like, Father God, like, the mothering heart of the Father in that photo, because, for one thing, he's, <laughs> he's in the water, right, and I don't know about you, but sometimes, as a parent, you're like, go swim, and we'll sit out and watch you. Does anybody else ever relate? You're like, have fun swimming, guys, and so I was like, okay, I appreciate that you're willing to get in the water, and so he's in the water, but I just appreciate, I just noticed how he's carrying the two girls. Of course, Hadass is there, but the other one's Isabel, and she's um, the daughter of our St. Lucia family. Um, and so, and she just, like, she clung to us as second parents. But I saw that, and it just gave me this visual. I don't know. I was thinking culturally. I was thinking um, you've got a blood daughter, but then a not a blood daughter, and see how a father can um, mother a a child who's not their blood child, you know? And so that, to me, that represented, like, a spiritual mothering, a spiritual fathering. And so I just thought, like, that's a really good image of um, just, like, the mothering heart of Father God. And so I, I think it's just that this is this opportunity for us to learn about ourselves. How can we uh, how can we mother? How could we mother well in this time? How do we mother our own kids? How do we mother mo- mother spiritual babies, spiritual kids, and that type of thing? People in our lives who are set up for us to mentor. You know, because honestly, even if you're, let's say you're a manager at a business, you can also roll as mothering and fathering in that business, right? I've talked to Tiana so many times at the coffee shop, and she will say, I am mothering these girls, they, like speaking of a lot of her employees, like this opportunity. And so we have to, what does it look like when we shift the way that we think about our roles in people's lives? You know, when we carry position and an authority, we can use it as a hard-fisted, ooh, ooh, do what I say type of thing, or we can shift the way we think and we're thinking suddenly, wait, I can use this as an opportunity, mothering, loving, uh, leading, guiding, training, comforting, all of these things, these people in my life. And so um, I think it's important for us just to shift the opportunity that we have, that mindset. So um, I had a couple moms in the Bible that I found, and I just want to share some of their characteristics, you know, because a lot of us maybe didn't have good examples of what a, what a mother truly is. I mean, we may have grown up without a mom. We may have grown up with a, with a mom who didn't represent the father well, the mother heart of Father God well, and this and that. And so I pulled out a couple moms in the Bible just so that we could tap into a few specific things that moms get to do. And the first one is Hannah, 
okay? Hannah was a prayer warrior. Hannah wanted a baby so badly. She, when I was reading about her, I was thinking she is the exact description of a praying mom, a fervent prayer warrior. And so she just relentlessly prayed. And as we mother, we get to pray for our kids. We get to pray for the ones we mentor. I mean, what does that look like? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of like getting tacked in here to the like business realm and these positions that we carry. What does that look like really to get to pray for your employees, pray for the ones in your businesses? That's powerful. That's what kingdom is. It's when we take an understanding of this isn't just a position that I'm in. No, I've actually been called into this position to mother, father, these people that God's put in my life. And so prayer is one of those uh, specifics that we get to do as we are a mom. Um, by the way, God answered her prayers and she had Samuel. Late, late. I'm not. She was a little older, but she had Samuel. Okay, the next one, Elizabeth. She was the mother of John the Baptist. Again, she was wanting a child also, and as we all know, she was old in age when she became pregnant. But the thing that I took away from Elizabeth was her faith, her faith and her belief for the miraculous. And I have. I have experienced a lot of relationships in in my life, you know, since I've been doing church, been in church, and um, a lot of times there are certain people that come in, and at the beginning, just being honest, at the beginning I was like, oh, I am believing for that person, they're going to be set free, and they're going to walk out with the Lord, and then there would be this time where, boom, they would crash, they would walk away, they would do something that I was just shocked, I couldn't believe that happened, all of these things, and so for a period of time, there was this, this thing in me that kind of prevented me from really believing in miracles in people's lives, and new converts, and new Christians, that has to just get wiped away right now, because in this awakening that's happening as we're coming out of the coronavirus, and all the stuff that the Lord is doing, and the shaking, and the rattling, and all these things, there are people coming and people, new baby Christians that I don't have time to doubt that they aren't going to make it. I don't have time. I, I cannot have doubt to say, oh, you are really in a lot of stuff. I'm not sure about you. I'm not going to really invest in you. No, we have to just take what Elizabeth demonstrated, a belief in the miraculous that we continue to believe for them. It kind of reminds me of intercession. I'm believing in a miracle in your life. You may not, but I'm going to believe that for you. And then as we begin to speak that over people's lives, it goes back to what are we speaking? As we begin to speak that over their lives and into their lives, and they start to say, wow, she believes in me. I be and then they begin to believe in themselves. They be begin to believe God for the miraculous in their life, for him to, to transform them, for, them to, for, the, for him to cut off the addiction and all of these different things. And so that takes me this thought of we have to change the way we speak. It is like mandatory. We have to change the way we speak. There is power in our tongue. And I believe that when you wake up, if you say this day is awful, then you're going to have an awful day because that's what you spoke out. That's where you're believing. That's where you're standing. But what does it look like when we wake up? And even though we feel like it's going to be a crappy day, we still say, it's going to be amazing. Today's going to rock. And it may not be like 100, but it's still going to be better than if you woke up and said, this day's going to be awful. And so there's just power that comes out of our tongue. And the people that we are getting this opportunity to mother and father, what we say 
helps form their life. It helps form their belief system. It helps form an image of God the Father and God as mother, right? It really does. And so Elizabeth, belief in miracles and faith, and she was the mother of John the Baptist, which, you know, John the Baptist is the one. I love him. He got to prepare the way for Jesus, he got to go ahead of Jesus and declare to people that there was one coming. There was a Savior coming. And so, man, that is powerful. Okay, the next one, um, which I never knew this mother's name, but her name is Jochebed. That is the mother of Moses, right? Okay, so if you know the story of Moses, she knew that he was about to be killed. And so what did she do? She sacrificed, she sacrificed uh her son, basically, she, she put him in the little basket and sent him down the river so that he could be saved. And so mothers and fathers get to sacrifice. It is not we have to sacrifice. Sometimes it might feel that way, but we get to sacrifice. It is an opportunity. I get to sacrifice my desire, my thing, this for me, that for me. And you know I'm not like all about surrender everything in your plan life so that you can do for your children because I do believe we got to chase after our dreams. But what my point is is that it, it's an opportunity to sacrifice sometimes, the comforts, the things that we want to do, the way we think something should be done. We sacrifice for our kids. We sacrifice for the ones we're mentoring. We stay a little longer after work because we realize that that, that person needs a 30-minute talk. Uh, that person needs actually a question of, how are you really feeling, not just did you get your work done? So we sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our energy. We sacrifice our money sometimes. Like these are the things we get to do. I think of, I, I could just look around in here and I'm sure the people listening and I could just see like opportunities where people have specifically sacrificed for me. Like I'm thinking of one right now. Um, at the gym one time, I'm just thinking of Lauren. At the gym one time, I think I didn't have a jump rope. This seems funny, but this is what tr this is truly an example. I didn't have a jump rope, so she sacrificed hers and let me use it. Had to mess around with the length and all these types of things. But I so appreciate that. That that was sacrifice. You know, like you get you get your own gym stuff. You don't want nobody touching it. And so she sacrificed, but let me use that. So it's just an example, is what I'm saying. But like, as we begin to turn our mindset and see how the things that we do and how we get to sacrifice, how that is all a part of mothering. I mean, think of God the Father himself sacrificing his son, right? What was his mother heart feeling, right? But he did it because he loved us, and so he sacrificed too. So, okay. Um, I want to lean into the Holy Spirit for a minute um, because I feel like a lot of times the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in John, let's just do John 14, 26. Um, I, I took it from the Amplified Version. I don't know if they have that version up there, but I'll just read it. It says, But the Helper, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Counselor, the Strengthener, the Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And so I just loved how that version describes the Holy Spirit as a helper, a comforter, comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, counselor, strengthener, all of those things. Because to me, if I think, like, a lot of times that's what I get to do when I'm being a mom to my kids. 
I get to help them. I get to comfort them. I get to advocate for them. Um, I get to intercede for them, counsel them, strengthen them, all of those things. And so we really need to tap in to the Holy Spirit as a comforter, as the mother role, okay? Because a lot of times, I think that a lot of times we spend this, um, we really focus on the Holy Spirit as the power, the fire, the, uh, you know, like, I don't know what word I'm, just whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, Duh, come on. And we just feel like the Spirit of God is moving, all this stuff. But we forget about this part over here where actually Jesus left and said, I'm sending you the comforter. He's to come and comfort you and guide you. And, and, and that, to me, that's how the mother heart of Father God comes out, getting to be a comforter and a guide. Did you know that as a father, you can be comforting, and you can be gentle, and you can still be strong, and you can still be, like, manly? You know, what other words, guys? Like, masculine, thank you. Yes, right? So I'm just giving you permission that I feel like is if you're not, as a father, if you're not demonstrating comforter, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, if you're not demonstrating those traits, then you're kind of, you're leaving out a piece of God as you represent that to your kids and those that you're mentoring. So it's really valuable that we lean in and figure out, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you what are your roles as mother in my life? Okay, I've always wondered, like, why does it always father, 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 father? And then I just, I don't know if it was through Sozo or what, somehow I just had this revelation of, like, the Holy Spirit being a comforter and a guide. And so, especially as we're getting ready to enter into this Pentecost season and, and really leaning into Holy Spirit, I think it's so important that we start by studying out, like, what is Holy Spirit as comforter, guide, gentle, advocate, counselor, all of those types of things. And I just wanted to bring that up. Also, in John 16, 13, I like this one, too. It says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And, man... I love that verse. That verse just keeps coming up to my brain for whatever reason, and it's that part where it says, he will, he will guide you into all truth. I don't know if it's because as all of the things have transpired over the past couple months, truth is coming out. A lot of truth is coming out wherever you land on that. Truth is coming out. The light is being revealed. Truth is coming out, and it is the Holy Spirit who is guiding us into all truth. Now, as we mother people, sons and daughters, baby Christians, our blood children, adopted kids, whatever, however we look at it, as we mother those, one of our responsibilities is to guide them in all truth. It is our responsibility. Our kids and these young people, young ones, they don't, may not, will not have a foundational truth and so it is our responsibility to guide them in truth because when they get older, what are they going to refer back to? What is their foundational truth going to go back to? It's going to be back to what we've instilled in them as mothers and fathers through the years. And so we have a responsibility to guide them in all truth. And I like how it says this. He will speak only what he hears— Actually, a little bit before that. He will not speak on his own. 
How many of you have issues with just your mouth just goes before ahead of you like it does I don't know how did that get out of there because I wanted it not to come out and sometimes we speak things that are not what he is having us say and the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own the Holy Spirit is only speaking the truth and so as we mother and father we got to keep control of our mouth we got to shut it down, guys. Like, shut it down. When you know you're getting ready to be on a roll, just hide in a closet until you come back. Just bring it back. And then you go out and you release all truth, right? And so I, that's ministering to my heart. I'm feeling conviction by it. Because ah, sometimes we have our opinions, and our opinions aren't going to change the world. Our opinions aren't going to further the kingdom. It's the truth from heaven that's going to advance the kingdom, and that's the goal. Okay, so mothering is give and take. Now, this is just a little side segment. By the way, I forgot to start my timer. So, (laughs) dang it. (laughs) I don't know. I think I have like 10 minutes, maybe, but it's okay. I'm near the end. All right, So mothering is give and take. This is a little side note. For those of you, because this goes both ways. This, I'm not just speaking today about you figuring out you need to mother and father and all of this stuff. No, you also need to be on the receiving end, and you need to be a really great son or daughter, okay? And so it goes both ways. And so Aaron reminded me of Naomi and Ruth. He was, because I was, you know, of course, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. He has a Naomi and Ruth. And I was like, so I started to study Naomi and Ruth, and I was like, well, Naomi wasn't, like, technically the best example because she was super bitter and so I was like where's he going with this but I figured out that where I was going to go with it was Ruth was an excellent daughter and and so we cannot expect I just think that sometimes we expect that we get to have all this authority we get to mother these people but the problem is we also need to be a good receiver and we need to allow ourselves to be mothered and fathered and I was, as I, as I look at Ruth, there's a couple things that popped out to me. Number one, she was loyal. She was committed. And whether or not she got offended, she remained loyal. So when you find, now I know that we don't get to choose our real moms, right? But when you find, when you do choose the person who you allow to speak into your life and mother you, you need to stay loyal and committed. And you need to know that like they're going to say the hard things and if they don't say the hard things then you need to find a new one okay and so I'm just thinking about like someone who's in my life um many of you have met Jennifer Hetland there's a picture of her can you can you that's it'll be fine it's the one where she's rubbing my feet it's a cute picture it's from a long time ago see this this is when I was pregnant with Hadassah and um, she, this was a really awkward situation. They were at our house, I don't know, after our service, probably. And she's like, Could you sit down. On, do you have, no, the first thing she said was, do you have any lotion, foot lotion? I was like, this is getting really odd. And I'm like, don't like people touching my feet anyhow, because I don't like touching feet, so I just think that's all weird. But she, I was like, okay. Because, like, you know, the, she's got the mother, like, the father mother, too. You know, and like, you got some lotion. So I was, like, finding lotion. And so, uh, so, but she just wanted to rub my feet and just massage my feet and just get lotion, rub my feet and stuff. And I was like, man, this is an opportunity for me to sit and receive as a good daughter and allow a mother to mother me and to speak into my life. She said a lot of hard things to me through the years. And, um, but I don't, I don't, maybe I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe she's watching. (laughs) 
thank you. Uh, but I'm kind of like, eh. And then I, but then I like, no, I'm loyal and I'm committed. And I, and I, and I honor and I allow myself to receive. I, I don't, I always need to make sure that I'm allowing myself to receive and that I'm, that I've situated myself so that I'm not always the one pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, getting to mother. The, 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 no, I want to, I need also to be able to receive. And I need, and that also shows us where our heart is. Because if in those, if we are like, eh, I don't need that, that needs, we need to evaluate the heart and figure out what's going on here because we do need people speaking into our lives, telling us the hard things, right? So Ruth was loyal and committed. Um, secondly, she lived to pursue righteousness because she knew that if she went back to her family, it's, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't an opportunity to serve the one true God. And so she pursued righteousness. And so as you are allowing people to mother you and father you, it is also your responsibility to pursue righteousness. You don't just walk around and follow blindly. You yourself should also be figuring out what's the Lord saying. And in that, your mother gets to come along and you pursue righteousness. You know that they're leading you and guiding you in all truths right? So she pursued righteousness. And then the last example of Ruth was that she was a servant. She was a servant. You have to capture that. It is not this opportunity for everybody serves me and that my mentor and my, that mother or father in my life serves me. No, we get to serve them. We get to come low. I'm so, I believe in this so much, going low and being humble and serving and honoring. And so as a as a as a son or daughter we get to come in and do that and be a servant. Okay. I'm ending. Now, as we open back up, this is what I wrote. As we open back up, people are coming out awakened to truths. There are a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of influence, a lot of input, a lot of words, a lot of preaching, a lot of this and that and all the other, but what they need are mothers and fathers to guide them in all truth. And so I, I just, as I was thinking about that, what does that look like? How do we guide them in all truth? The Lord reminded me of the seven mountains of influence. And I was like, wow, we could, we could look at this in such a great perspective. There are seven mountains of influence. This could be a whole nother message, but you should look this up. It's really cool. And, they, and these are the ones, um, these are the seven mountains. There's the family mountain. And basically what that means really quick is what, like, if I, as I'm listing these, you'll be able to identify, okay, the mountain of influence that you're in. It's basically what, what influence are you in? Where do you find yourself? Okay, so there's the family mountain. There's the religious um, mountain, which I don't really like the word religion, but basically what that means is like, you know, church, this whole thing. Um, so we, let's call it the spiritual mountain. The education mountain, the business mountain, the government mountain, the media mountain, and then arts and entertainment. And so we need, we need mothers and fathers to rise up and mother these mountains, right? Because the ones mothering in those mountains, that determines the outcome of the arts and entertainment. That determines what is allowed in movies. That determines what bills are passed in government. That determines what our kids are getting educated in school. See, that's the thing is, if we look at it from that and understand the influence we have as mothers and fathers with these people that are coming to know the Lord, that are being awakened to the truth, they are not all going to be just in the spiritual church mountain. 
they're not all going to be just in the family mountain. They're, they're going to be in all of these mountain areas, and we need them to rise up and lead these mountains of influence. That's how the kingdom advances. See, so it's so much bigger than us and our feel-goods and our exciting moments and our affirmations and all of these things and our accolades and all of this. No, it's a big picture of us getting to mother and father people who are going to be the tops of these mountains and influence for the kingdom. And so, but it's, we get to do that. We get to come apart and do that. So last verse, Proverbs 22, 6. I love this. I love this. I love this. And this is, man, this is a prophetic verse. This is a great verse for people who have kids who are lost. This is a great verse for people who are just birthing a baby. And it's, it says this. It says, train up, and this is the amplified version. Train up a child in the way he should go, which means teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is a promise. As we are training and raising up these sons and daughters in the way they should go, the wisdom of the Lord. When they are old, they will not depart from it. It's a promise. So even if you've raised your child and then they turn 15, all of a sudden they're a hot mess. And for 10, 12, 20 years, all you can do is say, God, I raised them up in the way that they were meant to go. And your word says, and your promise is that as they get old, they will not depart. And so that is like an amazing prophetic promise but it starts with us training them up in the way that they should go. And I'm not just talking about the babies we birth. I'm talking about our spiritual babies, our, our, our babies at work that we mentor and guide. This, do you see? This is a whole big picture. And so, anyways, training up the child. And then I, also, I love how it says, um, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. That goes right back into the seven mountains of influence. Because we're not trying to make, I don't, I'm not trying to make all my kids do exactly what I do. I want to foster and nurture and guide them in what their heart burns for. Because if I try to pull them out of what their heart burns for, then there is a person that's not in one of those seven mountains of influence that should be there. And if they were, they'd be burning a bla or blazing a trail for Jesus. And so we get to raise and train them up in the way of his will over their life, of his abilities and talents that he's put in them. Amen. One more thing I want to say with that is we need, then we need to be asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is, his, what is your dream and goal for my kids? And then we come into alignment with the Holy Spirit and we're declaring that his will for their life. And we're, and we're not getting caught up in what we think again, right? We're, we're figuring out what his will is.